five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Energized podcast. It is back. It's a mixed martial arts show. Barry, are you excited? I'm very, very excited. Very excited, actually. Yeah, we actually had to delay the show by a couple hours. And by I mean a couple of hours, we had to sleep on it and then do it the next day. Just due to the fact there was really heavy rumours of a certain fight being made. And we wanted to give it to the morning and we confirmed the fight were made. So Barry, in saying that, what's on today's show? Okay, so on today's show we're going to be discussing Conor McGregor's court date. Which happens on Thursday. What date exactly is that? The 26th. Thursday the 26th. Uh, also, we have a super fight. We have a super fight booked in. Darren Till versus Tyron Woodley at UC 228 in Dallas, Texas. And then we're also going to be looking at all the latest UFC news, including UC Hamburg that happened over the weekend. This weekend's UFC Alberta. And then the boxing news, because Katie Taylor is back in action. And we might even throw in Dana White Contender Series. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, true, yeah. So, um... The notorious one has a notorious court date up tomorrow uh, with our mate Keen Cowley, who's previously been on the show. And if you haven't heard that podcast, definitely check it out. But uh, Conor McGregor's booked into New York now. To, to, uh, and Keen, they're booked in tomorrow to get their comeuppance. Comeuppance. What's what do you think's going to happen here, Roscoe? Anyway, um, I can see some sort of hefty fine, maybe some charity work to be done. I'm pretty sure that's it. Like. Yeah, people got hurt and all that at the end of the day, but he sort of threw a dolly. He didn't actually throw a dolly at someone. If he threw a dolly at someone and hit them, it would be different. But he threw it at a bus window and then the bus window broke, which I think is different. So I think Conor McGregor, he's going to get a big fine. He is, definitely has a top legal team anyway. And yeah, he'll be back in the octagon before the end of the year. Yeah, because he's back training as well. Yeah, he looks to be training quite hard as well. Yeah. Myself and Ross actually had a discussion where we sort of like... I was thinking that Conor McGregor's going to fight in New York and you were thinking he was going to fight in Vegas and then uh, I heard I saw Ariel was chatting with Chael Sonnen and they're thinking it's going to happen in October in Vegas Very possible Um, Look, at the end of the day no, we won't really have too much information but we'll probably give it a much more in-depth insight after the court date um, next week's show Yeah Because... We don't know what's going to happen. And last time there was a court date, it just got pushed back. So sure. hopefully this time it won't get pushed back. I doubt it will this time. Um, hopefully not. Ho- more than hope not, because Conor Khabib is the fight to make, and the whole world's waiting. The whole world is waiting, yeah. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for that. And then, uh, okay, so we have a super fight booked in. UC 228 in Dallas, Texas. Darren Hill is taking on the welterweight champion Tyron Woodley um, Ross this this is very controversial now because Colby Covington beat what's it what, what did he call him Ra- oh Rafi Dos Nachos Rafi Dos Nachos aka Rafael Dos Anjos Anjos for the interim welterweight title so everyone expected Woodley was going to take on Covington but uh this has been scrapped now and England's very own Darren Hill is taking on Tyron Woodley for the welterweight title. Uh, this is one big sort of mess, but uh, what do you make of the situation, Ross? 
Well, apparently what happened was is Covington was offered the fight and then he said he had a minor injury and he couldn't do it. And then Covington said he wasn't injured, he just didn't want to take a fight. I think on this occasion, Colby Covington got too big for his boots. I think he thought he could determine the, uh, dictate the terms of when and where. And UFC came to him and said, UFC 228, you versus Woodley. And Woodley said fine, and Covington didn't. So I think Co- Covington thought that interim belt, that those 12 pounds of gold gave him some bargaining tools. But until you're the actual welterweight champion of the world, you have no bargaining tools. You sort of have to still fall in line like the rest of them. Doesn't this sort of just ruin the point of an interim title? Because if you're meant to be next in line, it you're not. It doesn't 100% mean you are, which is... Uh, they should almost scrap it then, really, shouldn't they? Yeah, I'd have to 100% agree with you. There's no need for an interim title anymore um, look the UFC I think should get more cutthroat they should be like strip the champion or not make an interim title one or yeah. the other yeah although the, the, see the way they're talking about now with stripping Whitaker from the middleweight title after beating Romero twice po- like possibly the, the best specimen in, on earth uh, it's sort of weird now you know what I mean like he did the UFC a favour twice beat Romero twice and now it's like Oh, John, we might actually take the title off you now as well. Whereas, really? Like, well, when, it's, well, Ty- when did they say that? Well, that, that's what's being said. And whereas Tyron Ty- Woodley has, hasn't fought in nearly a year. By the time he fights now at UFC 228, it'll be a year. You know what I mean? So it's sort of like... The, the titles are sort of getting passed around and then someone can become the champion without even beating the original champion. Look, look at Conor McGregor's situation as well. Had to hand up the, the featherweight title and the lightweight title. Yeah, he never lost either of them. Yeah. That's actually crazy when you think about that, like that, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for this fight and, uh, all the time, but I would have loved to see Covington versus Woodley. I think it's just more so the press conferences, the rivalry. I would have loved to have seen that. Uh, look, Till, absolute incredible physical specimen. There are still questions asked about Till, though. You know what I mean? He didn't beat Wonderboy that convincingly. He beat Cowboy convincingly, but... A lot of people say Cowboy's still a lightweight. Yeah. Um, he also has another draw on his record. So therefore, was he deserving the shot? Who knows? Although, you get a W in your uh, win column over Wonderboy Thompson, it's probably good enough for a title shot, isn't it? No, definitely, yeah. Um, do you think Till was actually expecting this? Because, obviously, Covington had the interim title. And now, Till booked in against Woodley. This is... a. Like obviously Till was getting a push there a while ago and he fought Wonderboy at UFC Liverpool and won. Now that was very controversial what we thought. Mm. Well a load of people thought that Wonderboy maybe won, maybe Till won. But um I think we should talk about Till versus Woodley and um why this is a super fight. So you may as well tell us why it is a super fight. Well a lot of people don't consider something a super fight unless it's two different people in two different weight classes fighting each other, if that makes sense. As in, there has to be like a champion versus champion, or there has to be one person undefeated for X amount period of time. But for me, this is a super fight because Woodley, I feel, has the capabilities. He could go up and compete for the middleweight title. Yeah. And so could Darren Till. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. These two are two of the best mixed martial artists in the world, and by a long period, long stretch of the imagination. If you look at Tyron Woodley, I can't remember the last time. He was in trouble in a fight. Yeah. He fought Stephen Wonderboy Thompson twice. He was never in any danger. He fought Damian Maya. 
he was never in any danger. He fought Robbie Lawler, never in any danger. Tyron Woodley is on one of the longest tears in UFC welterweight history. It's actually almost rivaling George St. Pierre. And then Darren Till is like the unstoppable force. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, the controversial decision against Wonderboy. But at the end of the day, as time goes on, people forget that. And they'll just remember, Darren Till won. Yeah, when you look back at that fight now, you're sort of like... <laughs> excuse me. When, when you look back at that fight, you're sort of like, do you know what? Till actually fought the good fight. Like, he, he was smart about it. He didn't do anything stupid. He was very tactical. Obviously, everyone's looked back and seen his weight cut and how that he had problems making the weight because his his girlfriend or fiance she she had problems she was pregnant and she was in hospital and he had to come visit her also his first time headlining a UFC card as well but um second time first, second time, time, first time his sorry, home country yeah sorry second time sorry excuse me but um well the first Cowboys sort of headlined the first time didn't he yeah, as opposed yeah. to more tail headlined yeah we didn't even know we didn't even really know Till was going into that fight, you know what I mean? He was it was a known thing that he was unknown. Yeah, yeah, it was a, he was like the unknown quantity in the in the in the fight. But that's another thing. Will Till make weight? And he ha not only does he have to make weight, he has to make championship weight, which is totally different. I think he will. This is such a huge opportunity for Darren Till's career. Um He's gonna have to get out of Texas early, isn't he? To make sure he's like has everything like sussed. Yeah. I can't wait for this back and forth between Till and Woodley. Um Obviously Woodley hasn't been that active In the last couple of years But uh, This is a huge test I think it's actually A more interesting test Than When Woodley took on Against Wonderboy Yeah Because th There's going to be a better Back and forth Till would sort of just Shut down anything Woodley has to say He'd be like Here look I'm just going to beat you And that's it Whereas Wonderboy was sort of like Can we still be friends After the fight Yeah also you have Till has a lot more power yeah. Till has the power To finish the fight And Wonderboy is a bit more a combination of strikes will get the job done. Yeah. As opposed to Tails like a one hitter quitter and so is Woodley. So yeah. it, it adds that sort of you know they both have that touch of death in their hands so it makes that fight that bit more exciting. I think Woodley's probably going to try and implement more of a wrestling style game. He'll probably try and take Tails down especially in the early rounds when you know Tails fresh and bouncy on the feet and then obviously Till, as always, will want to keep the fight standing. Yeah, yeah. That's I was literally going to ask you what way do you sort of see this fight going because, as we've seen since Woodley's won the won the belt against Robbie Lawler, where he like mm. totally knocked him out. Yeah, and I thought Robbie Lawler was unknockoutable, if that's a correct word. Yeah. But um, since Woodley's won the belt, he's sort of almost been a bit like Anthony Joshua in the way that he's been more defensive, mm. and he's not. He's more like making he's his more opponent. not losing the belt yeah. than like winning the fights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he doesn't. He hasn't knocked out anyone since. He's been more like you have to try and beat me. Yeah, rather than me having to beat you. But that, that's one thing that I think Tyron Woodley is massively underestimated in is in the stand up game because you think about it, he fought Wonderboy twice and he got the better of him on the feet. He, he yeah. knocked down Wonderboy. Yeah, Wonderboy never knocked him down. The first fight was very good. The second fight wasn't that good at all. No, it, yeah, first fight actually got fired the night. He's almost a bit like the Yoel Romero of the welterweight division. Yeah. The way like he just comes in and he sort of like he rushes you and he just hits so hard that you can't help but be hurt by it. You're a huge fan of Woodley. Are you still? Yeah. Is he still your favorite fighter? Or? Well, I don't think he's my favorite fighter of all time, but as in in terms of that welterweight division, I just think he's the best. And it's a bit. I think one of these things just happens to me in sport when someone is that much better than everyone else, you can't just help but respect them. It's a bit like yeah. in American football. I like the New York Giants, but Tom Brady is by far the best 
uh, quarterback in the NFL. I like the Houston Rockets in basketball. LeBron James is by far the best basketball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when someone's that much better, you have to respect it. You know what I mean? No, definitely, hundred percent. Yeah. And they, like, there's one thing about being a sports fan and following something, but like you can't be delusional about it either. You know what I mean? That's the way I look at it. Unless you're a Liverpool fan for the last while, say yeah. next year is our year. I think this year's their year though. Oh, this, well, oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No offense to any Liverpool fans. Uh, <laughs> it, it, although I think Woodley is going to be not happy. The fact that he's going to have to carry his pay per view, and that won't be good for his career, because like it's going to basically show he's not a pay per view star, and he's getting very little help on the card. He has like Valentina Shevchenko, Zabit versus a year Rodriguez, and I can't actually think of anything else off the top of my head what's on the card. So it's probably not that good. Oh, Dodson versus Riviera, I think, is on the card, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, and like no one's buying pay per views to see them. No, but didn't. I think it was Covington versus Woodley. It would have been a better pay per view setter. This is almost, would you agree that this is almost the perfect time for Till to go up against Woodley because Woodley is doing all the Fox, uh, what's it called Fox Sports? Fox Sports and TMZ. Fox Sports, TMZ. Uh, he's like been in movies. He's almost. Yeah, you could question he's taking his eye off the, off the ball. I, I think so. He, he probably has because he hasn't been as active since he won the belt. He's almost gone into hiding as well. I know he's been injured. But there's been talk about Covington saying that like he went Woodley Purps, he went and got surgery on his hands or his back just to not get another fight in. But um, as we've seen, it's worked out well with look at Bisping because like when Bisping got the belt, he sort of went and disappeared for a while, picked his fights, and then uh, got movie roles through it. So if you have the belt, it, it definitely helps because you get on the TV, uh, you get movie opportunities, you know, you get to work with TMZ. That was actually quite funny because Covington actually said, like, no one actually knows who you are. They just know that you're the fellow walking around with the UFC belt. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, that's actually probably a very valid point. Yeah. As opposed to if you walk into a room, people might not know who your name are, but if you walk into a room with the UFC belt, they'd be like, oh, they probably just go, all right, champ. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't have to call you by your name. Yeah. Well, if, as, yeah. It's, it's just one of those funny things. Uh, yeah, Woody's done very, very well for himself. He's really ridden the welterweight title reign very well for himself he's made like the right business moves at the time um, he has champ camp on YouTube as well which I'll probably watch this time out to see what he's up to um, but look I don't blame him in a way but I do think I don't believe that he like got surgery on purpose to avoid a fight because I don't think anyone ever tries to get surgery on purpose it was probably necessary surgery and he just Decided time wise A good time to get it Yeah Well I don't Like I'm already sitting here Thinking that Woodley's afraid To fight anyone But um Let's just put Sort of put things In perspective right So say if Woodley wins He'll probably take on Covington next yeah Yeah But If Darren Till wins What does this do To his career If Darren Till wins He becomes a superstar And I wouldn't be surprised If Darren Till won He brought the UFC To Anfield oh. And they did a show In Liverpool in the, sta- in the stadium That would be good I wouldn't be surprised Because he's a Liverpool fan He's not an Everton fan Isn't he As far as I'm aware um, Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah Because, yeah, because Wonder Boy wore the Everton jersey yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah So therefore he's a Liverpool fan So I could see them doing a fight In Anfield I wouldn't be Too averse to it And if you think about it Next summer The way the weather's been here So consistent Be warm You could actually do a show Over there Over a year away 
See, Till's is kind of guy. You see, the thing is, if Till wins, he can take on Covington as well, which yeah. would be that would be like imagine Covington and Till selling out Anfield. That would be amazing because Covington, like, he already has the whole of Brazil hating him, and like that would that back and forth would be just, just be so good. Oh, and Covington's been stripping it. You know that? Yeah. Although, like, the first once the welterweight title is defended again, like his belt is like trying to, it's throwing them in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, it's funny because I think it was. Was it Nogueira? I think it was. Was an interim UFC heavyweight champion. And it's just like, if your highest accomplishment is interim champion, that means it's like, you were the second best at best. Yeah. You know what I mean? Still better than most. Yeah. But like, yeah, boys. It's, it's one of those things like, yeah, it's like a you walk around with a fake belt forever. Yeah, it's like a runner's up belt. Yeah, you were prayed around with your silver medal. Yeah, but. Uh that would be amazing for Till to win it. I, I like the way Till is the kind of person that just always wants to be in the octagon. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, the, the, the second we heard this, me and Ross were like, oh, that is perfect. Yeah. Because we were, we were like, what's this week's show going to be on? Yeah, and then, especially because the Hamburg card was so bad as well. And then, like, this week's UFC card only has, like, three fights. So, it's, like, not ideal. Yeah. But, um... That's obviously the welterweight division, but um, just the, also last week, Bellator announced that they're going to have a welterweight uh, eight-man tournament. Basically the same thing as like the heavyweight Grand Prix, but except in the welterweight division. And then, to see if I can run through the field. Yeah, they've named all eight fighters, but before we get into that, do you think Till and Woodley will beat each and every person in that division oh, as well? See, yeah? like, Tyron Woodley's last loss was to Roy McDonald. And like as much as Roy McDonald lost to Wonderboy twice... I think any time Rory McDonald fights anyone, he's nearly the favourite, isn't he? Uh, like, yeah. give or take, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's capable of beating anyone. And then, it'll be very interesting to see what where the sky's the limit for MVP. Although, I, I can't help thinking Woodley would be able to beat MVP. I feel like he'd be able to take him down, and like, that'd be it. Yeah. Um, that, this is obviously great news as well. I'm, I'm very fond of uh, tournament... Uh, fighting as well like uh, when the heavyweight Grand Prix was announced we were like that is brilliant I like the way Bellator sort of going a different route than the UFC creating yeah. all these tournaments sort of bringing back sort of the pride days uh, it's great and a lot of the fighters are big fans of it as well but uh, do you want to name the eight fighters so we have MVP Michael Venom Page he's going to fight Paul Daly and that's going to be the, one of the first round because you can't let that fight you can't put them against someone else and then think that they won't fight each other because they hate each other yeah then you have John Fitch, Neiman Gracie. You have Roy McDonald, who's the Bellator champion, is going to fight in the tournament. So it'll be interesting to see if his title's going to be on the line each time. Uh, you have Douglas Lima is going to fight uh, Andre Kreshkov. And then Ed Root is also going to fight in the tournament. And he is undefeated uh, wrestler out of Penn State, who's one of the like, Fab Five who Bellator have been building up. So it's going to be very interesting to see who they all fight against the first round One, two matches have been set already so it's going to be interesting to see the rest all fight yeah and we'll be covering it as always would you say the better one of the fights would be in England yeah I'd say if they're going to do MVP versus Paul Daly like they have to like book an English day for that and also what I think is incredible is that Bellator is so smart with what weight classes they do the fights the tournaments in okay as in they have a good welterweight division so they do in the welterweight division they have like very good name recognition for the heavyweight Grand Prix so they do the heavyweight like no one really cares who their featherweights are, so they don't do a featherweight one. You know what I mean? No, I guess so. Yeah. Like they're they're like really using their name recognition very well. I was thinking about that last night. 
like if the UFC did that, it it would probably it would get their obviously top eight in whatever division, and then loads of people would be able to follow it, so it would be a lot more interesting. Yeah, and also they could look at the way Bellator did the heavyweight division, what way they're doing the welterweight division, and sort of take the good from them and make them better. You know what I mean? Although in the way UFC almost start doing it with the middleweight division at UFC two thirty, they have all the middleweights on the one card. You have Weidman versus uh, Rockhold. You have Jack Ray versus Branch Dressen. Uh, <laughs> they ha- and then they have um, Yo Romero versus Paolo Costa. And if they put the title fight on the top of that bill, or co-main event Whitaker versus Gaslam, you know what I mean? Like that's almost a tournament in itself. I know, but I- I'd like if they sort of. Made it more of a tournament. It would just be yeah. I know. I like it. The UFC middleweight tournament. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it'll be easier for the fans to sort of follow what's going on. Yeah, you know who's fighting who. Yeah, yeah. So there's always like a constant story. They they could eventually do that in the heavyweight division after DC fights Brock Lesnar. Yeah, because he's gonna retire. So yeah. they need a they need a champion. That would be cool. That yeah. would be that would be very very cool. And then not only that, it gives a chance for like alternates to come in. Like you have a, like an alternate re- a bracket as well for like if anyone gets injured. You have a heavyweight like waiting in the wings. If there was a UFC heavyweight championship, just say right DC and Brock Lesnar are gone. Who do you think wins it? See, I don't know about John Jones. Maybe Miocic again. Yeah. Or, or if Cain Velasquez came in. Yeah. For me personally, I, I'd, I'd fancy Curtis Blades. I think he's just got like a good wrestling style, and he doesn't take a lot of damage. So therefore, I feel like he could he'd be well suited for a tournament bracket. Yeah. Also, heavyweight tournament brackets brilliant because you don't have to worry about the fighters cutting weight all the time. On oh, all that, that's that's like you know what I mean. If they have to cut weight all the time in short periods of time, that's not great for the fighters. But uh, heavyweights, they don't have to cut weight unless you're Derek Lewis. I feel like I'm cutting weight now, man. It's actually roasting. Yeah, sweating. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'll bring it back to Till and Woodley. Um, so Till taking on Woodley, you see two twenty eight in Dallas, Texas. That's going to be unbelievable. Uh, I have a question for you here. Um, Ariel Hawani uh, said that. He thinks Dana White Ever since the sale Of the UFC Since he got 400 million He hasn't been Promoting fighters As much And has been Putting fighters down uh, For instance Tyron Woodley He's been Running him down You've talked about it before But uh, Do you think Since Dana White's After getting That payday He's not really Promoting people As much as he should do Like Chris Cyborg um, I don't know Who else you really want to say I, I think not only that He's after taking his foot Off the gas altogether yeah. Like announcing The main event Of a pay per view Three four weeks before the pay per view date is like not great either. You know what I mean? Like these guys are only going to have three or four week training camp now for a world title fight. Normally they announce like two months in advance who's going to be fighting and when when they're going to be fighting. And I think Dana White from three years ago would be not like you would have known that we would know what the headline is for UFC two twenty nine, UFC two thirty, and maybe even UFC two thirty one. Yeah, it's sort of like the way you see people. When they're relationships and then they get married and then they sort of take their foot off the gas, they don't buy the flowers to the wife as much, they don't bring them out for dinner as much. It's sort of yeah. like since Dana White got the payday, he's not as invested anymore. Um, what do you think he he needs to do, or what do you think the UFC needs to do to almost re-energize the UFC and bring the passion back? I'm not really hundred percent too sure. I almost think Dana White needs to like step aside and have more of a a, a different role than president. I think someone else needs to come in and step in as president. I look Dana White and he's gone from like sort of doing the the marriage with the UFC and like he's buying the groceries for the week and now he's a bachelor lifestyle and he's like, oh, I don't know what meal I'm going to have tomorrow. I'll just go to the supermarket every day sort of thing. You know what I mean? And he's just like taking it day by day as opposed to the long-term vision doesn't seem to be there as much anymore. No. 
There is no real long term vision, really, is there? No, it doesn't appear that way anyway. Even the events he's putting on, the, it's sort of it's sort of almost turning into a boxing sort of style because it's like they're having a headliner, and then all the other fights aren't as good. Like we've yeah. looked at some of the upcoming cards, and they're not really as stacked. I know you see two thirty is stacked, but cards leading up to that aren't as amazing. Yeah, which there's is very much like top three top three fights, and that's it. Which. Uh, it's, hard, it's harder for us because we have to watch it until like 5 o'clock in the morning and wait for the... Like you're only looking forward to the, really the headline fight, you know? And then you have Derek Lewis and Gano not even bothering to show up. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, the thing is now, Dana, what, what do you think is the right way to sort of, if you're a fighter going into the UFC, what do you think is the right way to get Dana to really invest in you? Like if you look at... Um, Sugar Sean O'Malley, he's definitely getting a rub. Uh, Darren Till is definitely getting a rub. Um... Who else would you say is sort of getting a rub? I think you need to be different. You have to have the skills and then you have to like have that sort of promotional edge to yourself. Like all those guys like Darren Till, Sean O'Malley, Conor McGregor, they all had a bit of something to them. Yeah. They were smart themselves, they promoted themselves rightly, they made the right moves. I think you have to make the right moves as much as UFC make the right moves for you. Or you could be Paige Van Zandt or say Jordan and just be like extraordinarily good looking and they'll just go, Oh, you're brilliant. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so you're saying basically Dana's almost been a bit lazy and he's like, you have to almost come with the full product. Yeah, I think so. Because oh. I look at someone like Demetrius Johnson. They could really push him in like the sort of gaming industry, you know what I mean? And be like, oh, here's our gamer guy. But they don't. And yeah. like, he's one of the best going. And then TJ Dillashaw, I don't think, I can't remember the last time I've seen TJ Dillashaw did some like promotional work. You know what I mean? True, yeah. Oh, no, I t- yeah, apart from doing it himself. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the last time UFC put TJ Dillashaw on like a Conan or you know what I mean. Yeah, and he's he, like he's a great speaker and he's, yeah. Maybe maybe the thing leaving all team alpha male could be a snake. Yeah, well, getting referred to as a snake, but he's probably he's definitely one of the best fighters in the UFC as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, but like do you know what I think is even a bigger point the way MVP our mate from uh, Bellator like if Dana White was really as ruthless as he used to be he'd be like straight in there being like here man you're coming here and he would have put him on the undercard uh, on Darren Hills against Woodley you know yeah just to get him involved are you warm <laughs> man I'm sweltering we here on Energized we make sure we get the show done no matter what whether or not it's roasting or in the snow it's, or whether it's 40 degrees or whether it's 2 degrees yeah. <laughs> we get the job done we do get the job done so we have a look at the fights from the weekend then yeah, I think so. So we have. Uh, well, first of all, before we get into that, uh, if you're enjoying the show and you're enjoying the MMA shows and you're supporting the lads absolutely sweltering here in sunny Dublin, make sure to give us a like, make sure to subscribe, give us a shout out on Instagram. Uh, as we said last week, send us all your money and uh, we'll send you back a receipt. It's like one of them. It's like one of them Nigerian emails, being like, "You've won the Nigerian lotto." Send us your <laughs> send us your credit card details. It's like perfect. Okay, hold on. Okay then, so we will move into last weekend's UC Hamburg. Uh, first of all, before we kick it off, this was UC Hamburg is in one of the top five longest shows in UC history. Uh, Ross, what do you make of this UC Hamburg card? Anyway, before we go over it, it was an absolute snooze fest. Now I love mixed martial arts. I love watching it, but I think I watched. Seven decisions in a row at one stage. Yeah. I just thought, here, look. Where's the killer instinct now? And I was just very unimpressed with the card as an overall haul. 
I know we always give cards ratings out of 10. And before we even go any further, 2 out of 10. What did you think of it? Yeah, it went on very, very long. Uh, fortunately, there was a knockout in the main event. But, uh, so, like, we probably shouldn't spend too much time speaking about this. But uh, notable wins. In the heavyweight division, Marcin Tabura defeated Stefan the Skyscraper Struve by unanimous decision. Um, what's the story with Stefan Struve, man? Like, Stefan Struve was seven foot tall and still doesn't know how to use reach. You think someone would just like get him, see him down the way like Joe Rogan sat down, Brent Chapman and was like, "Use your reach or retire." One of the two, and he still is not using his reach. And then Marcin Tabura is actually my least favorite. Heavyweight fighter because he always goes the distance. He never gets to finish. I'm just looking at him going, nah, I hope he loses every time. Yeah, neither of these guys are getting like pay rises anytime soon. But uh, in the light heavyweight division, Corey Anderson defeated Glover Tech Share by unanimous decision as well. Uh, classic, no? No. In fairness, Corey Anderson actually put together a great fight game plan. He came in on short notice, he got the job done. He'd be probably one of the very few people on the card that I would criticise. Uh, wouldn't. Look, wouldn't 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 sorry wouldn't yeah. criticize that sorry uh, the young line took out the old dog I think on this occasion Corey Anderson he looked very impressive way more impressive than we saw him get knocked out by uh, Ovin St. Peru yeah and then in the the main event the light, in the light heavyweight division Anthony Smith defeated Mauricio Shogun Hua by KO uh, before the fight I actually thought Shogun would win this because he was on a win streak and then I also wanted Daniel Cormier to take him on and you actually thought Anthony Smith would win and you're correct so well done Roscoe thanks uh, yeah but Chogun's win streak his wins were 2015 2016 2017 uh, like it was a very long not so long win streak um, Anthony Smith he just looked like a far better physical specimen Chogun didn't really look in that good shape he probably looks like he's never lifted weight in his entire life very much a dad bod and Anthony Smith looks great. He's a force in that light heavyweight division now. Yeah. Um, what do you make of Shogun now? Obviously, he's had a very, very long career. Um, he looked very out of place as well. Do, do you see him fighting more or even fighting under the UFC banner? Or can you see oh, him... Oh, what's that? Ring, 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 ring. Is that Bellator? Yeah, yeah. Just, oh, do you see the Bellator thing happening? Absolutely. Bellator. I think Bellator is the way forward for Shogun. Uh, there's no need for him to be fighting those killers in the UFC anymore he could go fight Machida for a third time go fight Rampage again they're the fights I'd rather him see him see yeah good call but uh, yeah overall the card wasn't amazing it was on a it was on at a good time for us but um, I find like the European cards never really get the star power I know Shogun's a decent name but he wasn't there was no show to the gun well, I was actually sort of hoping this fight card would be over by around 9 o'clock and then like I could like enjoy my evening and next thing you know, half ten, I'm sitting there going, I'm even arse watching this main event. Like, that's how bad it got, wasn't it? Yeah. It just wasn't a great card. Uh, although, I didn't mind that it was on a Sunday. It gave me something to do on a Sunday night. Not true, yeah. Uh, but, um, Corey Anderson and Smith, they should probably fight each other next. Yeah. Uh, do, you think that, do you think the UFC should even bring cards over to Europe if they're going to be that un- uninteresting? I feel like they have to stay in the European market one way or another, but they didn't really tailor it well. Um, originally, it was supposed to be Volkan versus Shogun, and then Glover versus Alir Latifi, and that would have had a bit more of a European feel to it. Yeah, it would have. But uh, Latifi got injured, and Volkan got injured, and they're two of the bigger European fighters. 
and then they were replaced with Americans. So it was an American versus Brazilian, an American versus Brazilian in the main event, the co-main event. And I don't think UFC can just get away with just putting anyone anywhere anymore. They have to be a bit smarter about it. Yeah, that, that almost comes back to the, fa- the the facts that we were bringing up earlier about Dana White. Yeah, saying how he's taking his foot off the gas a tiny bit. Yeah, it's almost like here you'll do, you go over there and fight, will you? Yeah. Although, like, you have to sort of give him a tiny bit of leeway because people did drop out, and yeah, we've as we've we know sometimes we do shows and fights and uh, on cards and people drop out and it changes the whole dynamic of every division yeah if Khabib versus Tony Ferguson never gets announced again we're not doing the podcast the day before the fight yeah <laughs> so they're literally in the, in the octagon but uh, this weekend on Saturday it's UC Calgary in Canada and the headliner is Eddie Alvarez taking on Dustin Poirier it's the second time the first time it was uh, a no contest a no contest yeah but um, we're gonna go through a couple of fights to look out for Um I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna pick out the main ones, and then you get to. You can just p- mention a few names of note. Okay, so uh, realistically, the fight to start is on the main card in the women's strawweight division. Joanna Yenjecic taking on Tisha the Tiny Tornado Torres. This is a very interesting one. Uh, Tisha Torres coming off a loss to Jessica Andrade, and then obviously. Yoanni and JTEC is coming off back-to-back losses against Rosalami Yunus, the only losses of her career. Um, for me personally, I think this is the time Yoanni and JTEC gets back in gear, gets the job done. No one else bar Rose ever giving her trouble within the UFC, and I think she's going to go in there, put on a Muay Thai clinic, and get the job done. I think Torres is very much so wrestling-based. Her striking won't be up to par. And as long as Yin Jacek can avoid the takedown, she should be able to get the job done. By decision? I think decision, yeah. Decision, yeah. Yeah, I think Torres is tough. I don't think she gets the finisher. No, I'd agree, I'd agree with that as well. I think Joanna... You can tell that like Joanna was loving the lifestyle of being the champ. Yeah. And now that she doesn't have it anymore, she's she's probably going to be hungrier than ever. Uh, then in the featherweight division, Jose Aldo's taking on Jeremy Stevens. This... This could be a cool fight. Man. This could be fight of the night. This could be fight of the night. My only problem is I don't like the way this one's not five rounds. I think that's my biggest complaint about this one. Jeremy Stevens is on a tear as of late. He's calling Brian Ortega out like there's no tomorrow. He wants to be next in line for the title uh, at featherweight. And then you have Jose Aldo coming off back-to-back losses to Max Holloway. It's weird that we have two former champions coming off back-to-back losses and they were dominant ones as well. Yeah. Um, but for me, Jose Aldo, it's gonna be, this fight is going to be fought on the feet. I told you that was more technical. He's faster. And I think he has equal amount of knockout power as Jeremy Stevens does. I'm going to go Jose Aldo. Also by unanimous decision. Well, I know I'm taking two decisions in a row, but I think they're going to be two very good decision fights, if that makes sense. I get you, yeah. Like, I'm, they're not going to be born. I'm going to go Jeremy Stevens just because it's in Canada. If it was in Brazil, I'd probably be siding more with Jose Aldo. But the thing is, you don't know what Jose Aldo you're getting now. He just doesn't seem like the same... Stone Cold Killer that he was pre Conor McGregor. See, if it was five round fight, I'd almost back Stevens because the later the fight goes, now I think Allo gets tired and he's more susceptible to be caught. As opposed to those first two rounds, I think Allo is an absolute killer. Bar the McGregor fight, <laughs> bar the McGregor fight, yeah. But uh, moving on to the main event 
of the evening. In the lightweight division, Eddie Alvarez has taken on Dustin Poirier. This is the second time. And uh, Ross, what are we expecting this time? I'm really, really excited for this fight because Poirier has looked as good as he has ever looked. He's coming into the fight over back-to-back wins over Anthony Showtime Pettis and Justin Gaethje. And then Adi Alvarez just won the most the title for most violent man in UFC in his bout against Justin Gaethje. So I think this is going to be absolute fireworks. The way I see it feel, feel now is Poirier is going to start fast. He's probably going to tag Adi Alvarez early. I think it's going to go very similar to the first fight. And if Poirier can't put Alvarez away, I think Alvarez is going to come back into the fight. And he has a much better chance of getting finished later on in the fight, I think. Yeah. I I think Eddie Alvarez, after that win against Gaethje, he, he actually looked like a brand new fighter. Yeah, uh, he fought with his brain for once. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did, actually, yeah. Uh, Eddie Alvarez, this is actually his last fight on on his UFC contract. So if he beats Dustin Poirier, who's a title contender, um, what do you sort of think Eddie Alvarez is going to do? Well, like basically, if, if McGregor doesn't come back and Khabib's going to fight someone else, Eddie Alvarez could be the man to do it. So he could be potentially in line for a title fight, if not a number one contender fight on the McGregor card. Yeah. Although he will have a massive problem if McGregor beats Khabib and he wins whoever he fights because he ain't getting no title shot against, against McGregor. No yeah. one's paying money to see that. Who knows? He's going to fight Tony Ferguson next if he wins. Cool call, actually. Yeah, good yeah. call. Um, is there anyone else in the card that you think that people should look out for? Bar our mate, Ian Kutibala, who we've said before, he gets into the octagon. Stands across the octagon from whoever he's fighting and then walks all the way across as Bruce Buffer announces him. Yeah. And then, like, he, like, does the... Finger point to the ground. He's like, this is my rard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This You're is a scary house. guy. This is a scary guy. He's always very, very yeah. entertaining. Keep an eye out for him. Uh, Hakeem is fighting. He fights out of SBG. That would be very nice to see. Uh, Kajon Johnson, who hates the UFC. He's the most vocal, vocal fighter <laughs> I know about hating the UFC. He's fighting against Islam Makachev. Be a decent fight, and then Alex Hernandez, who recently knocked out uh, Benil Dariush, is gonna fight against Olivier Aubameyang, who is the Canadian gangster. So that'd be a good fight to kill off the main card. Aubameyang obviously fighting in his home country of Calgary, so look out for that one as well. Some good fights on the card. You won't be going to sleep on this one. No, it's definitely gonna be better than Hamburg. Uh, also, I just want to discuss some of Dana White's contender series. Last week, our mate, uh, Austin Vanderford, a.k.a. Mr. Van Sant, uh, won. He didn't get a contract now, but uh, it's it's so funny how we met him last year. He was discussing what he was planning on doing with his future. Then he gets onto the Contender Series and yeah. fights. I felt so invested because like, he, he's been following us for ages. We've been back and forth talking with him. and then uh, He he, he, he got, actually told us over there he wanted to do the Contender Series as opposed to the Ultimate Fighter as well. Yeah. He got rocked early and came back and it was actually quite impressive. I was I was very surprised that he didn't get the contract. Firstly, because he's associated with Paige, who's one of the biggest superstars in the UFC. And uh, he's also like a, like a very marketable guy and a very nice guy. Yeah. He was actually so nice when we met him. It was sort of like as if he was like Sage Norcutt in a way. But yeah, not, as if he was not. trying to become the third member, uh, member of the Enjoys podcast. Yeah, yeah. 
It was weird because we actually sort of talked him as Paige was doing his stuff on set, her stuff on stage as well. We were with him for about two hours at yeah. least. Yeah. Very, very nice fella. Yeah. It's always cool when we meet the people and then they fight and stuff. But I, I don't think it's the last. I wouldn't be surprised to see him if, if he went on the Contender Series again. I think UFC is getting a bit like that. They're like, Greg Hardy's going to do another fight in Contender Series again. I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, oh, we'll just get them to have a second fight in Contender Series because they're popular. So people watch that episode. If they don't have a headliner for that episode. Because they sort of sp- space them out that there's a headliner. And then obviously last night's headliner was Nick Newell. And that was very, very disappointing. Uh, everyone sort of... Dana White made the point being like, here, look, we can't put a one-armed fighter in the UFC. And then if he gets the head taken off, and we look like we're terrible people. And he was actually proven right, wasn't he? No, definitely he was, yeah. Um, yeah, just... He wasn't up to the standard, and that's just it. Yeah. No, we watched that last night. And um, you see, the thing is like, I, I, I wasn't 100% sure how good he was uh, Also He was going in 14-1 So I thought he was going to be Very very good um, Yeah he'd lost a title fight Against Justin Gaethje as well Who's Very very tough as well But uh, Did you What did you make of the guy There was an 18 year old Who fought in the contender series Last night as well Who's going to be in the UFC's de- development system And uh, What did you make of him I think his name was Chopper Or something like that um, He looked Very skilled on the ground He looks like he is two years away from being the finished article. His, his stand-up looked like he has the kicks there, but he doesn't have the confidence behind the kicks. And then he was like, I never, I don't think I've ever seen a fight where someone was so close to finishing so many submissions, but they didn't actually finish them. So yeah. he has the jiu-jitsu there. He's obviously just like maybe a year or two off, finishing all his techniques. Hopefully UFC does him right, gets him all the best training, gets him in the performance institute. Get, get him to because he needs to get physically bigger as well because he's only 18 and then hopefully we'll see him just put those final pieces of the puzzle together because that's what it looks like isn't it it looks yeah. like he's about five pieces short of the jigsaw yeah and he's only 18 it's fine but uh, anything else to say about the UFC before we just touch on this weekend's boxing no I think that sort of sums up the UFC uh, great announcement for the Till Woodley fight yeah uh, looking forward to seeing what comes of the McGregor court case and UFC Calgary this weekend should be lit. Fact. So, in the boxing this weekend, Katie Taylor, Ireland's very own, is taking on Kimberly Connor. Uh, this is happening in the O2, isn't it? Yeah. Quick question for you. Do you think you'll ever know who Katie Taylor's opponents are? No. I, I think I'll know once they, they, once the person beats her. Like, the same sort of thing, the way, like, Holly Holm, when she beat Ronda Rousey. Then yeah. I knew who, who Holly Holm was. Yeah. Oh, I definitely agree with that. I feel like... Kate Taylor needs to do one of those the gloves are off you know what I mean yeah I feel like if they're going to really push her they need to get her a bit more media spotlight and they need to get her face to face someone maybe if she fought like an American Colby Covington-esque person that could be good yeah she never really does any interviews or she doesn't really post that much online yeah so she's really she, she seems like very like shy in a way maybe yeah it should be quiet yeah but uh, the main event of the card is actually Dylan White's taking on Joseph Parker uh, Joseph Parker's coming off a loss against uh, Anthony Joshua and Dylan White's coming off a win isn't he yeah he is yeah but he's also previously lost to it's basically the battle of the Joshua losers yeah he's lost to Joshua as well uh, I've sort of fancied Dylan White to come in here and get the knockout early I think yeah. jo- jo- Parker's definitely the better boxer technically and probably has better footwork but I think Dylan White can convince him to get into a slugfest and I think he can get the job done I just think Parker seems like more of the professional fighter. But uh, I, I don't really have a 
A well, dog in the race. Dog in the race. I was supposed to say horse in the race, but uh, I don't, I'm not really backing either because realistically, I'm just looking forward to seeing Anthony, Anthony Joshua fight Fury or fight Wilder. What about Pavekin? Yeah, well, Pavekin, I just see as sort of like a stepping stone for an extra paycheck before the fight we all get to see. Yeah, although we better get the job done there. You better not lose to Pavekin. Oh, things will, shit will hit the fan if that yeah. happens. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's on Saturday as well. So you can get the bo- your boxing fix in before you get your MMA fix in. Yeah, perfect Saturday to. Well, first, we'll probably sit in together and just watch it. Hopefully not. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you bring the coffee, bro. Yeah, I bring the coffee and I'll wake you up for the last fight. But uh, that's what it, that's what it wraps it up. Really, is there anything else you want to say about boxing, MMA, or the show? No, I think uh, as always, guys. If you enjoyed the show, give a shout out, hit the like, tell a friend. Uh, if you don't have any friends, just tell your parents. Uh, other than that, I think that's all for me. Yeah. All for me, all from you. Yeah. Thanks a million for all the support, everyone, again. Every week we love doing this and bringing you entertaining content. And, like, I'm not messing. Today it is roasting in Dublin. And me and Ross look like we're cutting weight to make heavyweight. But uh, thanks a million for tuning in again. Yeah. Thanks a million, guys. Also, one of the guys wrote to us saying that he liked the show 47 minutes. If you have, like, a perfect time then for the show, do let us know that as well. And as always, stay energised.